PointClickFish.com. Your connection to the saltwater fishing community brings you Saltwater Fishing Radio. Are you a professional tournament angler, fishing captain, or novice angler looking to learn from the pros? Listen to live discussions from some of the best in the industry, the biggest TV fishing stars, interviews with captains, sponsors, and fishing teams. Your trusted source for the latest tournament updates, industry news, and interviews. It's time to talk fishing with your host, Captain Jay. It's Captain Jay, PointClickFish.com, Fishing Podcast Radio. We're excited to bring another great show this evening. Uh, Bryce, I tell you, we, we're looking forward to our guest uh, this afternoon. It's from Beyond Our Shores and also the Dolphin Research Program. We're going to learn a little bit um, about the organization and um, kind of get us up to speed on what these guys are doing. We've seen a lot of stuff on social media, a lot of boats taking part um, in the program so, I mean, one of the things that we wanted to do was to go ahead and uh, bring Price on. I think Price is actually on hold in the studio uh, with us. So let me go ahead and get Price on with us. All right, Price, I think I've got you live here on the air. I know you were in the, the studio there, but uh, we j- just did the intro and kind of educating people a little bit of what we're going to talk about. That is correct, Jay. We are excited today. Uh, to have the dolphin fish research program on and uh we were just talking earlier about learning more about what these guys do and uh we're excited well i tell you we are uh in in the podcast world we had actually had read the times wrong so we apologize so i wanted to go ahead and uh, um get dr martin on the line with us to talk to us a little bit about uh, the beyond Their shores foundation and also the dolphin research program so we wanted to welcome you to the show this afternoon uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, thank you very much for having me on this interview. Uh, so, yeah, Beyond Our Shores Foundation is continuing the Dolphin Fish Research Program, uh, which was founded in 2006 as a private research uh, organization. Um, it, it actually originally began in 2002 with the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources um, and has now evolved to be uh, owned and operated by the Beyond Our Shores Foundation. So the, the program itself started in South Carolina? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So it was a state and federally funded program, which began in 2002 under the direction of Donald Hammond. And uh, he was a senior fishery biologist at the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. And from 2002 to 2005, it ran as a state-funded program. Um, during that time, it was highly successful uh, getting on the order of about 1,200 fishermen involved um, along the eastern seaboard and in the Caribbean Sea, um, resulting in um, about 116 recaptures uh, and around 5,000 fish tagged. Um, but then state and federal funding um, ran out um, in, in, in the end of 2005, and that's when um, Don Hammond founded the Cooperative Science Services, which was an LLC that he used to keep the program running um, as a private research program thereafter. 
Now, obviously, you said the Beyond Our Shores Foundation. Now, are there any other programs or, or missions that you guys do as well? Obviously, the Dolphin Research Program, but are there any, any others that you guys are responsible for? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so you know, Don ran the program from 2006 till the end of 2017. Um, and at the beginning of the year in 2017, he approached me uh, about carrying the program forward. So that was kind of the impetus to, to form a 501c3 to um, serve as a designated nonprofit for the program to continue it. Um, but uh, I have a lot of background in fisheries research in the Caribbean Sea, and uh, I've been leading a project relative to fish aggregating devices down in uh, Puerto Rico and the U.S. Caribbean. So we also integrate fishermen down in the Caribbean Sea into our FAD research. So that's a, that's a program funded by uh, the Sport Fish Restoration Fund from the United States Fish and Wildlife Service. So that uh, program kind of dovetails with our dolphin work um, because dolphin are caught in great abundance around fads. Now, what are, what are some of the, like, common questions that you get asked um, about dolphins? Obviously, with the research, I'm sure you get a lot of data and a lot of information, but what, what's, what's some of the questions that people usually ask you about? What do they want to know about the dolphins, particularly, like, the general public? Well, I mean, I guess some of the first things that people inquire about is just, you know, how fast they move and how far they move. Um, and uh, this program is, is the only private research effort that has successfully roughed out the migration of the species uh, in any portion of an ocean basin. So we focused most of our efforts in the western central Atlantic, um, and since 2002, there's been around 23,340 fish tagged, um, and of those, about 583 have been recaptured. Um, and all of that data has allowed us to piece together a, a migration circuit um, throughout the western central Atlantic. Um, and we've had recaptures on the order of, you know, 500 miles from where the fish is tagged. Um, and actually just recently this year, we had our first recovery uh, down in the southern Lesser Antilles um, by St. Mm -hmm. Vincent and the Grenadines in Barbados. Now, one of the things, I, and, and I'd watched one of the videos, uh, you, you said the Western Circuit, and then uh, there was, um, you know, since one went down that far, you suge suggested there's possibly like a, what, a Caribbean Circuit? Is that is that kind of the thought process? So, uh, in 1986, there was a researcher um, that's still doing some great work. Her name's Dr. Uh, Hazel Oxenford. She proposed a, um, a, a two-circuit or two-stock hypothesis in the Atlantic Ocean, um, and she used um, she was looking at size frequency data at different locations, and came up with um, a hypothesis that there's two different uh, migration circuits. And now in 2015, uh, working with Don Hammond and a couple of my other colleagues, we did some genetic work, um, and we took samples down in Barbados and Trinidad and Trinidad and Tobago. Um, Puerto Rico, uh, along the East Coast, and even from the Azores, and we found low population structure. So suggesting that um, the, the, the samples that we collected suggest one population throughout that area. Um, however, mm -hmm. this recovery, yeah? No, so, I was just so saying, this yeah, recovery that, that, down that's very interesting. Yeah.
uh, and suggest that there is mixing. Um, if there is, there's still going to be not interface. Um, and uh, there could potentially be a southern circuit um, and the Orinoco River out of the Amazon and uh, the Am- Amazon watershed could be a barrier to dispersal for some of the fish from the South Atlantic. So there's still a lot of research to do down in that southern portion of the region. Um, but this recapture does suggest that there could be mixing with the R2 circuits. Now, with, with a lot of your research, um, you know, how how far do they typically go? I mean, how far does you, a, a typical dolphin go? I mean, we have a really unique area in this part of the world because the Gulf Stream drives a, a lot of um, the, the current flow along the eastern seaboard, eastern seaboard. And so um, with that strong current structure, um, these fish are moving uh, generally to the north along the eastern seaboard. And um, within, you know, just a, a few months, they can move from Key West all the way up to, you know, south of Rhode Island in those canyons, um, south of Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard. Um, so we, uh, we see fish, you know, traverse the East Coast in less than two months um, and disperse down in the Caribbean Sea in as little as six to, to seven months. So they're always on the move. Um, and constantly, uh, you know, in search of, of fish or, you know, bait. Um, and they're constantly trying to, uh, to feed, to feed their ferocious appetite. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're highly migratory species. Now, one of the things you said with their appetite, from my understanding, is they, they grow really fast. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, we just had two recent recoveries where we're able to get some growth data from their from the, the tagging event to the recapture event. Um, and these fish that were just recaught and reported to us, they were released as 17 and 18 inch, you know, peanut dolphin. Um, and the anglers that recaught them measured them at 36 and 42 inches. Um, so when you break that down to an average weekly growth rate, it's between 0.46 to 0.82 uh, inches per week, which is nearly two to four inches per month. So, and, and that's recent data. We're actually trying to write a, a scientific paper using our tagging data to look at growth. Um, and it's right around um, two inches um, per, per month is the growth rate that we're seeing through our tagging data. So I got a question on for the data. When you guys retrieve data, are you guys working with captains? Are you working with tournaments? How do you go about, uh, you know, uh, getting your data and your information? Yeah. So uh, over the history of the program, we've had about 4,600 fishermen participate. And of those, there's about uh, 1,330 uh, captains. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of anglers that are on board of either a charter or they're just recreationally fishing and uh, they participate by catching a fish and tagging it. So um, we also do work with tournaments. Uh, We generally do not focus on tournaments for tagging um, because typically the mantra with a tournament is is different. Um, But there are some tournaments that do um, promote, you know, the release of small healthy dolphin. So we'll provide kits to those tournaments. But generally, uh, you know, charter fishermen, recreational fishermen, and even commercial fishermen, they approach us to participate. 
um, to, you know, release small fish to conserve the fishery. Now, what does it mean, um, and how do anglers get involved? What, what does that entail? Well, I mean, we give out, you know, free tagging kits to anybody that wants to participate. Uh, we generally start off by giving a, uh, like a starter kit um, to people that are new to the program. So we'll send them uh, three tags with an applicator um, and some stickers from our sponsors. And then after we get um, those mail cards sent back to us, we'll step them up to like a 10 tag kit um, or, you know, even a 20 tag sleeve. Um, so uh, we, we like to try to ramp up our effort with different fishermen. And we do get a lot of inquiries, so we, we're kind of shy to send out, you know, 20 tags per, per inquiry because it's expensive. Um, so we, we generally work, you know, work our way up with fishermen. And, and when, they, when they, it comes time for them to report, how easy is it for them to report um, a tag, um, you know, or recovery, you know, when they're able to either initially put the tag in or if they recover one, how easy is it to get that information to you? Well, so with any tagging program, the paperwork is a necessity. Um, and some fishermen don't want to do paperwork, so they're kind of turned off right away from a tagging program. But, you know, this is scientific research. Uh, we're conducting, uh, we're, we're trying to answer a lot of different questions re related to the species. So just by virtue of that, uh, the tagging itself does mean that there's going to be some paperwork that has to be done. Um, the tagging cards are pretty straightforward. You know, we're just asking for... Uh, basic information like the latitude and longitude where the fish was released, uh, the date, the size, the sex, and then um, if there was a uh, sargassum present, um, birds present, stuff like that. Now, if you're lucky enough to recapture a fish, um, the tag has um, our website where you could visit the website to um, report the recovery. Um, you know, my phone number is on there as well. You've got uh, you recoveries you could use whatsapp and actually that's how i got the saint vincent um, recovery reported to me was via whatsapp um and uh yeah we also could use mail so they could send in the tag so uh, anglers use various uh, ways of communicating with us but um, whatever works for whatever fishermen we try to cater um, to that individual to make it as easy as possible yeah, I'm sure you guys are, are just glad to get the data returned back to you so you can, you know, further study that information. So, um, like you said, that, you know, yes, it takes a little time for the anglers' perspective, but, you know, to to be able to help the fishery and, and you know, to be able to get that data is, is real critical. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the backbone of the Dolphin Fish Research Program, getting the tagging data. And the really cool thing about um, the tagging data is it can show the seasonal progression of the fishery throughout the year. Uh, so we try to, you know, relate it to real-time currents and, um, you know, sea surface temperature and, and chlorophyll A and stuff and can actually look at their migration and look at the, the status of the, the fishery um, in near real-time. Um, and we have the ability to um, do this uh, moving forward to an uh, even higher level. So, uh, yeah, we're actively trying to acquire as much data as possible. 
Now, looking at uh, based off y'all's research uh, with the dolphin is, and I don't know if this is the the right question to ask, but are dolphins predictable as far as you know the migration routes and the behaviors that they do? Is it, I mean, do you guys have y'all collected enough data to kind of say, okay, this is when we feel. Uh, you know, this is going to happen or this sort of reaction or whatever. Have you guys collected that kind of data to where you can predict what you think is going to happen with the dolphin? Uh, Yes, to some degree. To to some degree we can. Uh, So, for instance, right now it's the the height of the season um, from South Florida to the Outer Banks. Um, And actually it's kind of – it's about a month into the – to the to the height of the season um so from the beginning of may is when we started to see some some really large fish show up off the outer banks um and even you know down um off of south carolina all the way to to the keys um now we do have different entry points for the fishery into the u.s um, exclusive economic zone so um you know the fish come from the caribbean and they either they're either going to be heading towards the east coast, um, kind of northeast of the Bohemian Escarpment, which is um, kind of northeast of that whole line of islands on that part of the Bahamas. Um, but the, another entry point is the Old Bahamas Channel um, near Call uh, near Cay Sal Bank, uh, which heads into the Florida Straits. So you can have fish enter the U.S. fishery that way as well. Uh, and then you have a loop current south of there where fish can uh, come into the U.S. fishery. So each of those entry points provides, um, you know, anglers with the opportunity to target the fishery at different times of year. Um, and generally we see uh, fish enter the U.S. Uh, East Coast fishery um, kind of more to the north of those entry points I was uh, pointing out. So um, they come from the Bahamas first um, towards South Carolina, and then later in the season, you start to see a lot more fish, uh, young of the year fish, come from the loop current. Um, and they are, it is a pretty predictable uh, movement pattern in terms of the, the rate of movement through the, the Gulf Stream uh, system. Um, and down in the Caribbean, too, you can you could see some really interesting seasonality that's predictable as well. Now, does, uh, now, are you able to share that information um, or, you know, obviously uh, you have some, uh, you know, YouTube videos and things that will show some of the tracking of some of the fish. But uh, did, did the public get the opportunity to see um, any of those uh, migration patterns or any, you know, that tagging information at all? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the best way we communicate about the, the current results, so. Um, recent satellite deployments or recaptures is using our uh, monthly newsletters. So we highlight, you know, who reported a fish and, and what's going on with, with the, the movements of the fish within the last, you know, two weeks. Um, but we are in the process of uh, reviewing um, our entire database, which is, you know, it's a 16-year data set um, with nearly 24,000 releases. So we're trying to um, get that um, all polished up to release some interactive web-based maps um, to showcase the data. Um, so that's a huge thing that we're currently doing and hope to get that ready by the spring of 2019. Um, so we're probably about you know six to eight months away from having a, a really neat kind of web-based interactive map with all the data. Um, but we, we try to, I mean, we've published, you know, six scientific publications that are on our website. 
that really go into um, the nitty gritty and, and the science of everything we've done uh, relative to movements along the East Coast, from the Bahamas, from the Caribbean, um, genetic stuff. Uh, we're working on, you know, fishing mortality studies. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that we're we're doing with the data set. Yeah, Bryce, I think that'll be that'll be really neat to be able to to see that, um, you know, the interactive map piece. Uh, that that'll definitely be very interesting to see those uh, that data. I mean, like you said, there's 16 years of uh, data there, which I imagine that's a that's a a lot of uh, fish. What do you say, 24,000? 24,000 fish have been released, and actually it's above that now that we're, uh, we're you know, about five months into the season now. We've had, I think, around 510 fish released from January 1, 2018. Um, and just this past week, one of our guys down off of Cujo Key, he's tagged 92 in four days, uh, Don Gates and the Killing Time 2 fishing team. So uh, he alone has tagged uh, around 2,700 fish. Um, for the program. Wow. So, yeah, his contribution to the program is a study in itself, um, and we're actually really working with him to get some high-definition data of his, um, you know, vessel movements um, and to co correlate that with satellite imagery um, to really look at the movements of dolphin within the Florida Keys system. So, uh, you know, anglers can participate in different ways, and Don Gates really takes it to the next level. And we try to provide him with the tools to, to allow him to learn more about the fishery and to, to contribute, um, you know, to fishermen uh, along the East Coast and, you know, abroad. Well, I tell you, I think it's awesome work that you guys are doing, and, and you know, we need more people out there studying uh, this type of information, so therefore we can uh, keep the, the population healthy and, and track them and know what's going on uh, within the industry, so it, it's really awesome to hear about the work that, you, you're, that you're doing and have been doing. Well, thanks for this opportunity. I'm really excited to share, you know, our results and, and what we're doing, and um, you know, it's this program is made possible through the generous support of the Guy Harvey Ocean Foundation. Uh, we also get support from Grady White Boats, AFCO, Coast Del Mar, Star Rods, and uh, Perry and Niblet, um, a maritime uh, firm in Miami. Um, also, there's a lot of key fishing clubs that keep us running, the Florence Blue Water Fishing Club in South Carolina, Piedmont Fishing Club in North Carolina, West Palm Beach Fishing Club, Central Florida Offshore Anglers, um, Florida Sport Fishing Association, and then private donors. They provide critical support to allow us to, to continue the research. Um, it's, not, it's, it's expensive to run an international tagging program, especially with how we're trying to expand. Um, we're trying to get anglers in the Eastern Tropical Pacific and Mediterranean Sea. So we're truly sending tags all over the world. We actually sent a kit to the Reunion Island this year um, to get people to tag fish in the Indian Ocean. And, you know, it's it's very ambitious of us to think that we could start to uh, get some movements over there. But, you know, got to start at some point. So um, we're, we're going for it. Well, that, you know, that's something good to bring up. If somebody wants to, one, get involved, or two, make a donation, what's the best way for them to find you and get in contact with you? Well, so uh, Beyond Our Shores Foundation, the website's beyondourshores.org. 
Um, and that's the 501c3 that allows us to um, give tax-deductible documentation to anybody that wants to contribute. Um, so I encourage people to visit beyondourshores.org um, to, to donate. Um, we also sell T-shirts. So we have, you know, Guy Harvey, he, uh, he did our logo. Um, it's an amazing logo. So we uh, produce T-shirts with that logo. And um, in the past, Don gave them out for free, but we're trying to use uh, sales from the T-shirts to fund more of the research. Um, so we can also, you know, do send more kits out and get more data. So people can buy a T-shirt. Um, and then, you know, we also were thinking about hosting events in the future at tournaments um, and other types of events to raise funds uh, in coastal communities along the East Coast. So there's a lot of things that are going on. This transition into this 501c3 has been a big undertaking, um, but we're, uh, we're scaling up and we're expanding. Um, so we're excited. Well, definitely, it sounds like you guys have a, a lot of great things going on and uh, look forward to meeting you in person and hopefully uh, somewhere along the tournament trail or the seminar, we'll be able to meet and uh, learn more about what you guys are doing at the Beyond Our Shores Foundation. But once again, we thank you for taking the opportunity to share the great things that you're doing. And um, I look forward to following up and, and seeing how it's progressing uh, over the over the next few months and even years. Absolutely. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Price, for this opportunity. Uh, this is my first uh, radio podcast, so I hope it went smooth and, and well, and I was able to give you some good information. Um, if anyone Absolutely. would like to participate, just, yeah. No, go ahead. You're saying about if anybody wants to participate. Yeah, if anyone wants to participate, just I encourage them to visit our sites and request uh, a tagging kit. Uh, we'll mail it out as soon as we uh, we get the necessary information. Um, and yeah, we'll go from there. Well, I tell you, you know, what we try to do is inform the fishing community about organizations like yourself that are doing great things to help protect the fishery, uh, that, that we love so much that we all love so much. And, um, it was wonderful to, to learn about the organization and hear about all the great things that you guys are doing. So once again, thank you again. And, uh, I'm glad that, uh, your first podcast was with the point click fish team. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, you guys, so much for the invitation. This is great. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Jerry Price, that was uh, Wesley Merton from the uh, Beyond Our Shores Foundation. Uh, we definitely apologize to him. for We got a little bit of a late start today, uh, but I tell you, uh, what a great organization, do a lot of great things. Um, but th there's a lot of information there that people can learn from if they take the time to uh, to study that information, those white papers uh, that they put out, you know, where these fish are going, the patterns, where, you know, like you said, they can predict uh, to some degree where these fish are going. Yeah, you know, it's interesting even how we came upon this information as we were actually, you know, with tournament season going on and some of the boats that we follow uh, throughout the world as we actually had seen a post congratulating a team uh, for all their tags they had done uh, with the foundation and, and the program. And Jay and I started looking at it a little more and said, you know, I've, you know, this is something that we've never heard of, and we thought it was interesting. And but once we looked into it, it was like, you know, we, it would be great to reach out to them to, 
learn more about this. And I hope, you know, uh, anybody listening today learned a little bit more uh, about, you know, dolphin, which is, you know, it's a beautiful fish. Well, and, you know, also that they can get involved and help contribute, you know, by getting those uh, tagging kits and able to tag those fish, they're able to provide that uh, information and resources back to the organization so they have more data to be able to, to do further research. So a lot of captains, a lot of teams that are out there fishing every day um, gives them an opportunity to provide back uh, to the scientific community to get and find more information um, on these fisheries. Yeah, I'm sure when we post the information of the show, uh, we'll share uh, and we'll tag the Beyond Our Shores Foundation information. So if you've got uh, any questions or want to learn more about them, check it out. Yeah, on the website, uh, when this is posted on Point Click Fish, down below the show, we'll leave a link that will take you right to um, the Beyond Our Shores Foundation. And you, you can check out the links. Um, there'll be a, an area for where if you'd like to donate or you'd like to join, we'll make sure we add that in there, too, because um, I think that's important that people take the time, if they want to, to uh, take part in it. But, uh, Price, we've got a lot of great things coming up. Um, we're working on a lot of great stuff, but I wanted to take – a few moments to thank our sponsors who help make what we do possible at Point Click Fish. Obviously, Crystal Coast Graphics, Jared Bay Boatworks, Ray Marine, Sirius XM Marine, also Price uh, Power Pole, Seaguar Release Marine, and our other fine sponsors that help us out to make this possible uh, here at PointClickFish.com. Price, um, we've had a busy week this week and looking forward to uh, the next few weeks. We've got a some information, the, uh, the studio, the studio is almost done uh, with the JL Audio sound system, the Lithium Pro batteries, and the Xantrex inverter. So that's something that will be very excited for us to uh, be able to implement that new studio. So we're looking forward to, to uh, rolling that out on the tournament trail. Uh, one big hint we'll give you is uh, you'll hear us coming. That's what I, I can tell you now. <laughs> you, you will hear us coming. <laughs> That is that is a true statement. Once again, thanks again to the Beyond Our Shores Foundation. Uh, we're looking forward to hear, hearing more from them. And until next time, everybody, stay safe on the water, and we'll catch you back on pointclickfish.com. enjoyed today's show for more information show notes updates or to join the saltwater fishing community visit pointclickfish.com don't forget to catch live streams and future shows at saltwaterfishingradio.com until next time thanks for listening stay safe on the water and tight lines